Xavi on the break after that corner kick but he's on his own midfield nice pass to Danny Olmo to the right hand side he's putting it in the middle too Welcome to RBLE Global Tracks, Leipzig's fresh RB Leipzig podcast in English. And this one is brought to you by Richard and Mario. Amongst us, we are season ticket holders, passionate supporters, and not very neutral local pundits. And both of us have been following Leipzig football since our childhood day. So if you want to hear about RB Leipzig, capture the mood of the fans in the city. And if you want to go beyond numbers and statistics, you are in the right place. We're delighted to welcome you on board. So let's go. Auf geht's, Leipziger Jungs. Mr. Richard, how are you today? Mr. Mario, thank you very much. Um, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, spring is coming to town. 10 degrees I know. plus, plus. Today it's a little bit windy, but um, hey, it was quite comfy. Um, without gloves uh, on, the, on the bicycle in the early morning. So I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to our show tonight. Do you know who would be wearing gloves? Timo Werner. Timo Werner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Black ones. <laughs> anyway, he's doing that now in the north of London. So best of luck to him. Well, today we have a special show because, well, we have to look back at the clash with Bayer Leverkusen. And we have a special guest today. It's uh, a gentleman who calls himself the Village Footballer. And on Twitter, ex-Twitter, you can find him at VillageFooty20. And he's one of the hosts of the Bundesliga show. And that's broadcasted on YouTube and audio podcasts. And he's actually from the UK, um, but he's also a VfB Stuttgart supporter. So we are very interested in his views ahead of the clash with VfB Stuttgart. So that's following on a little bit later. But first, but not least, well, let's have a look at our last match versus Bayer Leverkusen. And now let's have a look at RB Leipzig's last match. Did we have a reason for celebration with Bubbly? Nice fizzy champagne? Or did we just have to resort to having some beer? Champagne statt beer? Let's find out. Well, Saturday night, 6.30, Leipzig covered in the white blanket. Temperature is well below zero. It is cold, but are we Leipzig? has a full stadium because they're hosting the unbeaten leader of the Bundesliga, the Werkself, Bayer 04 Leverkusen, who started their second match without the important players who had taken part in the African Cup of Nations, plus uh, Boniface being injured. And they arrive at Leipzig after beating Augsburg at Augsburg 1-0 the week before. It was very tight, but they did win it. And we all remember what happened to RB Leipzig last week. Well, when we played Eintracht Frankfurt. So, atmosphere was really good. Everything was set up for a top match. And to be honest, at the end of the day, it was beer for Leipzig again because we lost 2-3. Uh, However, I believe it was a highly entertaining match so let's take you through the key moments 
And let's get started with Leipzig's starting 11. Liebe Fußballfans, wir kommen jetzt zu unserer heutigen Mannschaftsaufstellung. Wie immer beginnen wir mit unserem Torhüter mit der Rücke Nummer 21, Janis! Rücke Nummer 2, Mohamed! start a match for RB Leipzig in a very long time since he's had his injury and we keep our fingers crossed for many more days, weeks and months of Danny Olmo being fit and injury free. Do hear us, Fußballgott. Not Team Werner, by the way. Um, also, the lineup sees Seiwald, uh, which is uh, a bit surprising, but a very good sign. And to be honest, he did perform quite well in that uh, match. And uh, on the bench, we have Paulsen and also Henrich. So, um, Sheshko is playing and also uh, Klostermann and Lukeba and Simako on the back. And it's also worth noting that the lineup also sees Emmas on the bench. So in his second match after joining RB Leipzig, he will not be in the starting 11. So game starts, everybody's ready, atmosphere is really good, and to be honest, RB Leipzig and Bayer Leverkusen starting quite intensely. RB Leipzig is the little more active team, creating a little a few more chances in the first uh, five, six, seven minutes. It's fair to say that at this point we are cautiously optimistic. And it gets even better as Xavi Simmons' magic strikes in the uh, eighth minute, scoring the first goal for RB Leipzig. beauty it is. Sheshko gets defender on the left hand side, passes it on to Schlager. Schlager knows where Xavi is, passes it on to him and he finishes the job in an extraordinarily skilled fashion. Oh! 
Spielminute tritt Gunzermann mit der Rücke Nummer 20. Xavi! 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 Und damit haben wir einen neuen Spielstand der RB Leipzig! Chances are created by RB Leipzig and Xavi doing Xavi things. Leipzig continues to be more active, creating more chances. Danny is very, almost very active. Uh, Schimacon is testing um, the uh, Leverkusen goalie as well. And also Penda, goal Penda being very active, claiming to be fouled twice and uh, looking for penalties twice. But according to the ref, that was too soft. However, about 10 minutes before the end of the first half, we're getting the feeling that this match is not over by a long shot because Bayer Leverkusen is getting stronger. They're getting a bit more possession of the ball, creating a few half chances, so to speak. And to be honest, the sponsor beer saved us from the equalizer in the first half. Unfortunately, two minutes into the second half, the Bayer Empire strikes back. A nice goal by Teller. One all. Not the best of starts, is it? And it doesn't seem that there's going to be a change fast because uh, Bayer Leverkusen has more ball position, more control of the ball. RB Leipzig doesn't attack as early anymore as in the first half. And now they can see the corner kick. But hey, what's happening here? Xavi on the break after that corner kick, but he's on his own midfield. Nice pass to Danny Olmo to the right hand side. He's putting it in the middle too. excitement is clearly there but um, it just lasts another seven minutes because then Leverkusen sends another ball in from a corner kick which Tart took as a header and just nodded it in um, to to the score. RB Leipzig um, is complaining that uh, Blasbich was uh, blocked when he was trying to get the ball however the VR did not see any reason to overrule the decision on the field. So there we go. To all the score, is there a big uh, push by 
RB Leipzig? Unfortunately not. We're getting increasingly vibes of uh, Manchester City when they played at Leipzig because Bayer Leverkusen is now displaying their pure class of ball possession, aggressiveness, um, passing the ball. Abi Leipzig does not get a sniff at the ball at times. And uh, Marco Rosa tries to inject fresh legs, fresh uh, personnel, takes four uh, players off the pitch in the uh, seventh, fourth minute and uh, sends in the cavalry. And I would love to claim that this really helps the game and RB Leipzig turns the uh, match around and pushes for that third goal. But nope, that is unfortunately not the case. Bayer Leverkusen is a class team. They show why they're the uh, top of the league at the moment. They show why they demonstrate why they are unbeaten in the uh, Bundesliga and they pass the ball so brilliantly. They At the end of the match, they will have 60% uh, possession of the ball. But... Ten minutes before the game, RB Leipzig is not getting a sniff at the ball, but Bayer Leverkusen is not creating those chances yet. But things get worse for RBL when Xavi picks up his uh, fifth yellow card in the 81st minute. So he is definitely suspended for the Clash versus Stuttgart next week. And um, he's replaced uh, by Elmas in the 84th minute, but Elmas does not really make any impact in the final miss. So it happened what definitely <laughs> needs to happen. Corner kick one minute into stoppage time for Bayer Leverkusen and they just score the third and the winning goal and we're all truly gutted. Now RB Leipzig does try to come back. They have a free kick uh, just uh, moments before the end of the match. Raum, free kick outside the penalty box. Delivery comes in. No header. And after this harmless piece of free kick, Leipzig's uh, fate is sealed. The match ends a couple of minutes later with uh, Bayer Leverkusen taking all the points, going home very happy, confirming and demonstrating why they're the top of the league. And to be honest, that win after all 90, 93 minutes is well deserved. Congratulations, guys. So unfortunately, this loss is the uh, second time in a row that RB Leipzig has lost the whole match. And this is the first time that uh, RB Leipzig loses two consecutive home matches in the Bundesliga in its long traditional Bundesliga history. But it also means, and that is even more worrying, that uh, Borussia Dortmund has caught up with RB Leipzig again. They are leveled on points in the fifth spot. RB Leipzig in the fourth spot. Both have 33 points. Goal difference of, I think, about seven goals are just separating the two. However, it is so tight in that race for the UEFA Champions League qualification spot, which we both of us so desperately need. So, Richard, have you recovered and 
do tell us, what does this all mean? What does this mean? Hmm, good question. Um, well, you said it already, almost anything that uh, was about a game. But um, here's my, my takeaway. Um, what separates us, what separates RBL from the very top tier of the Bundesliga, so I speak about um, Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich, of course, is not the only thing, but a very important thing is the will um, to go all the way until the last minute. You know, in, in Germany, you know, we often talk about the so-called Bayern Dusel, uh, which is a term that uh, whenever a game is close, Bayern finally prevails, more because of luck, but of skill. Uh, but in fact, this is not true and never was because um, Bayern always wants to win and always kept and keep pushing until the very last second. And often their effort was rewarded, um, incorrectly recognized as fortune instead of will. And this is what Leverkusen did here. Uh, and did in their match at Augsburg too. So, um, talking about scoring decisive goals in the very last minute in back-to-back -back games is no coincidence. This is because they wanted to win and they wanted to go all the way in, in every second. And yeah, and this is what we do not. And this is one reason for that we um can't keep up our pace for over 90 minutes and end up with not that many points that uh, we are sitting in a comfy UCL place position. Well, thank you, Richard. Um, I do remember, though, that we had a look at statistics last time and you asked me a question if uh, RB Leipzig has ever lost two home matches in the Bundesliga in a row. And at that time, I didn't know. And uh, I kind of thought, yes, we did. So... Were you right? I got an inkling this might not be 100% correct. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, I was uh, quite surprised too. Um, I thought we never lost two home games in a row, but in fact it happened um, back in 2018. It was match day 29 and match day 30 at the time when Ralf Hasenhüttel was in charge as our head coach. And we lost, interestingly, 1-4 uh, against Bayer Leverkusen. And after that, we, we lost our away match in the Europa League quarterfinals and then had an away match in Bremen. And then the next match was match week 31 uh, in the Bundesliga home game and we lost versus Hoffenheim. So 2-5. So we conceded nine goals uh, in back-to-back -back home games. So this time it wasn't that bad, at least. At least, yeah. I don't think there's any danger in Marco Rosa having to go at this point just yet. I don't think he um, there's there's any danger. Okay, well, thanks for clearing this up and enlightening us and educating us. So now we know. So now we're moving on to our next match. So we're having a look at our next match on Saturday when RB Leipzig is going to travel to Stuttgart to play VfB Stuttgart and of course that match is going to be extremely important for both of our clubs and both of our clubs are trying to avoid to be leapfrogged by the Bundlebees from uh, Dortmund, Berf, uh, Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund. But today we have a special guest and we're very grateful and appreciate that Rory has found the time to join us and of course Rory is one of the hosts of the Bundesliga show and Rory joins us from the UK. So over to you. Thank you for joining us. So kindly introduce yourself. 
Evening, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, really excited to talk about the upcoming clash uh, between our two uh, clubs. Um, yeah, just jumping on, um, obviously, uh, myself from, from the Bundesliga show, which is uh, under the umbrella of Over the Bar, uh, myself and my co-host, Mark, uh, who lives in, uh, in Nuremberg. Um, we, uh, we cover the Bundesliga as a whole. Uh, on a weekly, uh, almost daily basis, sometimes. Uh, so often on a on a Monday night, we'll gather to review all the fun from each match week. Uh, we'll do predictions and and we do fantasy football as well. Um, but yeah, just two uh, two random English chaps who decided to get together <laughs> and, and share our love of the Bundesliga. Um, and and myself ha- ha- happening to to fall for uh, for. V- uh, VfB Stuttgart as well along the way. Um, so yeah, we're four four seasons in now and and having great fun with it. Um, and so yeah, we uh, we feel a lot uh, a lot closer to the Bundesliga now. And um, yeah, really looking forward to this next set of matches. That is brilliant. I must say it's it's exciting for us to talk to you um, because before we ever started our podcast, I never thought there would be anybody in the UK, to who would be talking about the Bundesliga and put so much effort in. And I noticed you are very busy and we listen to some of your shows so well done. Keep up the great work. And hopefully there are a lot more years of fun for you to come. But when it comes to our next match, uh, when we play at uh, Stuttgart, um, first of all, I'd like to ask you, how do you feel about Stuttgart's season so far? And just um, when we bear in mind where they were last season, it must be... Incredible, wasn't it? Utter shock, absolute utter <laughs> shock. Um, no, I think um, you know when when you're looking back at last season, uh, even the last two seasons, uh, a lot has been said about players underperforming uh, in that shirt, and and the caliber of the players that we have uh, has always, you know, from our perspective, they have been underperforming, and maybe they shouldn't have been involved in relegation races. Um, mm-hmm. But to be you know, for for the entire him runder inside of that top four and, and being so comfortable within there and, and just being used to winning game after game is it, so, um, yeah, it's quite quite the shock uh, from, from my point of view, of course, only really being a, a VFB follower for a short time. Um, but, yeah, it's been amazing, um, you know, lots of reasons for that, including individual player uh, performance and, and the head coach uh, and the structure that they now have as well, um, in, you know, in terms of the upheaval that there was in the summer. Um, but yeah, so far this season has been an absolute delight. Uh, and so, yeah, the last two weeks has been a bit of a shock to see uh, the L in, you know, the loss in, in the column. Um, but hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about the actual ins and outs of those performances and what might uh, come ahead as well. I must agree. Um, In the beginning of the season, I thought, okay, this is just, you know, uh, just coincidence and it's not going to last for very long. But then I had to learn really fast that this was actually a sustainable development and the the style of football was very entertaining and actually warm to it. And I remember when uh, you were visiting Leipzig on match day two, the first half was actually quite convincing. You were leading 1-0 and that was really fully justified, to be honest. <laughs> but I was pleasantly surprised that in the second half, RB Leipzig unleashed a lot of power. However, Richard and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. Um, the team was a lot more efficient. 
patient. Um, so in that sense, a lot of balls were for, forced in. But if you look at the exco statistics, which I still don't fully understand, it seemed as uh, RB Leipzig was very, very efficient and we shouldn't have scored five goals. But I have to tell you, it was a really entertaining second <laughs> half. <laughs> but... Yes. Um, Throughout the Hinrunde, I was always wondering when the heck is Stuttgart going to drop off? Because, you know, one of the four up there has to give because for us to, to still be in there. But well done. No, it's, it's been very entertaining. So that makes, um, Saturday's match even more exciting, I think, for all of us. Yeah, just a bit. I mean, uh, the, the pressure that falls on both clubs now from, from Saturday's perspective, um, you can't say that a draw is a disaster for either club, but it doesn't really do either team any favours. Mm. Yeah, naturally, it stops the rot in terms of, um, you know, the losses that have come since the winter break. But uh, both teams will see it as a as a must win, really, uh, in the context of what, what they're aiming for from a season objective point of view, maybe renewed season objective for Stuttgart's point of view. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we stand we stand upon the precipice of a really really big Saturday afternoon game. It should be an absolute cracker. But Richard, we talked about this before, and we talked about the recent losses of VfB Stuttgart, especially the last game. And and you had an interesting take on that. Yeah, um, to me it was a little bit similar to our game versus Frankfurt. So because we. Um, it was like we were throwing all we got uh, to the opponent's goal and uh, just wasn't able to score. And it just felt like VfB Stuttgart was doing this in at, at Bochum. So they they have to end up with a draw at least. Uh, it's incredible how close they how close you can shot beyond the post. Uh, <laughs> impressed me very much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's not like Stuttgart is now off track. So um, to all our yeah. supporters out there, no, no, no. Uh, Rory said it. It's going to be a hard task for for any team. So what what I would like to ask you, Rory, is um, give us an advice how to beat VfB Stuttgart. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, two teams have managed it so far already. Just uh, you know, in the new year, so it, it's definitely doable. Um, I, I guess one thing that I've picked out so far. Um, it, well, in the in the rook runder, well, the start of the rook runder at least has been uh, uh, defensively. Um, Stuttgart have been a little bit more open. Um, I think in 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 game one, so the Gladbach loss, uh, it was a case of again the performance was still uh, was still strong. Uh, the style of play was you know it hadn't dropped off too much in that sense, uh, but there were a few more uh, individual errors. Um, and I think one thing that Stuttgart maybe did a little bit too much, which was picked up by um, uh, quite a lot of people on on X or or Twitter, was that um, Stuttgart were pressing uh, so much with such vigorous intent, which is you know great because it means you win a lot of balls high up the pitch. Uh, but they were doing so and leaving themselves so open uh, to a counter counter attack or transition phase. Uh, which Gladbach with their, you know, their pacey, you know, pacey forwards and their midfield, uh, their young midfield as well, uh, were able to take advantage of. Um, and particularly in the second half, obviously I know Stuttgart uh, got a goal back, but they were really open to that. Um, the Balkan game, less so in the sense that I, I, even 1-0 down, I expected us to come back and win that match. So as you already alluded to, uh, the chances that we didn't take were it was quite stark. Um, so, from a Leipzig point of view, because 
your team are so good in transition and were really excellent, I thought, uh, in that transition against Leverkusen at the weekend just gone. Um, that's quite a scary prospect, uh, I think, for us, especially if we are going to, you know, go out and press, which you would expect, especially being at home. You'll have the home crowd behind as well who will want to win the ball and see that positive intent. But I think it might leave us a little bit open, which is what I'm slightly worried about uh, in that sense. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, from a Leipzig point of view, it's, a, it's all about that clinicality as well. Uh, seeing Openda and Sheshko playing together, um, the way that Openda finished that counter-attack was an absolutely beautiful bit of football from yeah. the finish. Yeah. Um, and if Leipzig are playing like that, with that intent um, that Stuttgart will come with, um, I expect there to be chances and, and therefore I expect Leipzig to score one or two goals minimum. Um, so, I mean, that's not necessarily a way of beating Stuttgart, but I can see it being a problem for for the home side particularly. Okay. Um, so, with both teams missing key players, so Leipzig Xavi is not around due to yellow card suspension and you mentioned it, um, Stuttgart was a little bit open in a defensive midfield. So now Karasor is also not available. So what does this mean? How how do you think Coach Hoeneß will compensate that? Yeah, interested to see what he does uh, with that midfield axis because I think, um, again, from a VFB point of view, uh, a lot of the headlines have quite rightly gone to Girassi and Undav and Fulik uh, because they've been spectacular. Uh, but that midfield axis between um, Karatsor and Stiller has been the bedrock of everything that Stuttgart have been doing in terms of winning the ball and ball retention. Um, and Karatsor has grown on me as a player, uh, so missing him will be uh, interesting. Whether we see Mio uh, kind of slot back into that more defensive role, which he was doing a little bit last season more so, uh would be interesting. Um, there are other options, in, including kind of using some of the younger players of, of the um, of the Stuttgart squad, uh, rather than having to mess around too much with the structure and the shape of things. Uh, so I expect I expect he might put in Mio uh, and then still have Fulik um, and Undav uh, further up top of the pitch and Luling will, will no doubt get a start again. Um, so there might be a slight issue in terms of who we might play as a, as a number 10, but um, yeah, missing Karatsor does open up quite a lot of problems more so than necessarily missing uh, some of our other players, which is quite amazing to say. Yeah. And um, if you look at the uh, Leipzig squad, who do you think are the players you guys need to watch? Well, again, um, based on last week and based on what I've seen already this season, uh, I think Sheshko is a player that has so, so much uh, of a high bar uh, and potential. Um, I know what great love Leipzig fans hold for, for Yusuf Poulsen, um, mm. but uh, myself and Mark, we'd be lying if we didn't say that. We'd think that Sheshko should have been having more game time from, from the start of matches and, and using Poulsen more of an impact player Uh, when things are not going right or or, or either way around. Um, so hugely impressed by him. Uh, obviously, Xavi is a, is a huge miss. I can't lie, I'm spectacularly pleased with the fact that he's not playing on Saturday. Um, I mean, 
other than that, you know, obvious names come to mind. The return of Danny Olmo is perfect timing for you guys. Uh, I mean, Olmo is just someone that makes every team tick. His, you know, his close control, his creativity, his shooting is absolutely a real high bar. Um, Arpenda's been a, an interesting watch as well because obviously he came in with a real, um, you know, kind of talent and a, and a lot of fanfare. Uh, and again, when you talk about the XG, which, you know, is a stat that people throw around, whether people understand it or not is another question. Uh, and so I think Arpenda has impressed. He's been really good in the Champions League as well, actually. I think he's found his feet well there. Um, yeah, he's missed chances, but you know, probably a confidence player being a young lad coming into a new team. But I think he's done really well. And when you look at it from a goal scoring perspective, was he got 12 league goals or, or something around that that number? And so being the third top goal scorer in the Bundesliga, when you still have criticism from the outside is a, you know, is a hell of a starting place, really. So, um, you know, if, if Lapenda brings his shooting boots and he'll be confident from scoring from last week, you know, that that's something definitely to uh, to watch out for uh, you know, further back, you know, David Raum going forward is, you know, really effective, uh, as is obviously Henrik's, both players I use regularly in fantasy football terms <laughs> um, because they're so brilliant at, at the top end of the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, so many names to, to list off from a Leipzig point of view because their squad is so uh, jam-packed. Uh, one player that I love as well uh, is uh, Baumgartner as well, who you know has suffered as a result of the quality All within right. the Leipzig squad. Yeah. Um, huge, huge fan of him from from Hoffenheim, and obviously making that kind of step up. Uh, but we haven't seen his best yet. But I'm sure that will come. Yeah, maybe it's interesting that you mentioned Sheska uh, because um, <laughs> it's interesting because the, the the view from the fans in the city is is a little bit different. It's that it's that close uh, that Sheska was recognized in the city as a transfer bust. So there were rumors that um, Chelsea would like make a bid, like like fifty million in the in the summer, and uh, it wasn't not that um, more than a few people that were saying, okay, so let him go then. Yeah, interesting. Um, obviously, there's a reason why Marco Rosa has has taken the decisions that he has done from using Shesko as much, uh, and whether he's un underwhelmed at times. Um, Obviously, I don't watch every single RB Leipzig match in terms of being able to scrutinize how well Sheshko does off the bench. And his, his obviously, his goal-scoring output is not great compared to, say, Openda um, in that sense. But And I have heard also the rumors about would Sheshko be used as a way of buffering money for Leipzig to then go really hard at buying Xavi on a permanent deal or, or something like that. You know, there are lots of these different rumors going around you have to take it a lot with a pinch of salt. Um, but yeah, if I was a Leipzig manager or coach or, or whoever it was, I'd be investing my time and energy into him because he, from a football attributes point of view, you saw the way that he absolutely skinned Jonathan Tarr, one of the best defenders in the league this season, um, which obviously was part of the build-up for the first goal last weekend. Um, yeah, if you, if you get those... Um, kind of refined details out of him, I'm, I think he'll be a great asset for Leipzig. Thank you. Um, Richard, we talked about uh, Stuttgart uh, before the uh, this this podcast and you mentioned you noticed that the uh, squad and the team is very young. 
and uh, you kind of fear that they're going to be dominating us in the next couple of years. Why is that? Why do you think that? Yeah, maybe. Um, so I, re I recognize there's only one player on the roster that is uh, 30 or older, and it's Haraguchi. And Haraguchi only played like 21 minutes this season, so <laughs> basically that doesn't count. And the next oldest player is, I think, the uh, um, second keeper is Fabian Bredlo, uh, who played uh, for RBL uh, back those days, just to mention yeah. that. And okay. so, so basically, the 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 key players, the uh, the pillars in, in in their squad are between 22 and 27 years old, and if Stuttgart can keep those key players together, those 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 puzzle pieces together, then they will have some bright years in front. I'm sure about that. Do you agree, Rory? Yeah, I think one real positive thing that we've seen in this new year is the contract extensions as well. Uh, so Mio signing a long-term contract, uh, you know, alongside uh, the captain uh, Anton as well, who's one of the more experienced players as well. But just reaffirming that commitment to, to VFB is, is great. Uh, and it all just marries up with what's the ambition of the club. Uh, something that me and my colleague Mark talk about a lot on the Bundesliga show Uh, we want to see more ambition from all these clubs in and around the like, you know, versus the kind of Bayern kind of thing. Um, so seeing the likes of Leverkusen and, and Leipzig and Stuttgart all thriving and keeping those players that they've, you know, made into superstars or top players in the Bundesliga is vital to have that that kind of, you know, competitive element to the league, I think, for us. Um, so, yeah, the fact that Stuttgart have, got, have built this young squad. I really do hope that they can stay together for for a long while yet, and not just be cherry picked away from, um, you know, obviously from a Premier League perspective. I see the rumours all the time. As soon as a Bundesliga player starts to do well, he'll get mentioned once or twice, and he'll get snapped up by Notts Forest or by or you know Bournemouth or whoever, like a mid-table Premier League team, and it doesn't always go that well, uh, which is. Tragic, honestly. Seeing like the likes of Aurel Mangala and Wataro Endo moving on, just playing like one of them's already moved on from Nottingham Forest. Endo's, you know, done okay with Liverpool, but he's not going to be a star of the future either. So that's an upsetting thing to see. So I really do hope that these players see that and and learn from it, basically. Interesting, because we talked about this as well in this podcast, especially in the context of uh, the Bundesliga opening up to some sort of deal with one investor over a longer period. And um, there's always this threat of one of the top leagues, and especially the um, the uh, English Premier League, to you know get players from from Leipzig or other teams. And especially we've seen this in last season. And Yeah. Greetings to Joshko, um, anyway, and <laughs> Christopher. Uh, we do miss him. Schoberschlei, oh, is another one. So oh God, yeah. I think we're on the same boat. The only club in Germany which kind of can uh, resist and withstand that is, is Bayern Munich, Bayern München. One last question, if I may. So what's your gut feel about Saturday? Gut feel is uh, go goals will be inbound despite the l lack of clinicality from both sides. I think you'll see a reaction from both because of the loss. Uh, oh, I know how poor Stuttgart's record is against Leipzig. Uh, because it's at home and I expect a reaction, I'll say an exciting 2-2 draw. But that's ah, that was my prediction. Oh, <laughs> It won't help us on that day, but maybe uh, well, both of us are going to be satisfied by the end of the season. Still a long way to go. 
Um, Rory, it's been a real pleasure having you on our little podcast. Um, and thank you for your thoughts and sharing that as well. And uh, it's exciting to see that there are people in the UK who are interested in the Bundesliga. You know, some may refer to it as Farmers League, but uh, who knows? It might still be exciting. Just one more question. Where do you catch that? Where, where do you watch that? How is that available in the UK? Uh, well, the game on Saturday will be really tricky for me to watch in the UK. So I'll be watching it on my phone on a betting app, uh, okay. just on, literally on the smallest screen you could imagine. And uh, so, yeah, it's really difficult. Sky Sports do the uh, the Friday night game, the Saturday night game and the Sunday games. But the, the yeah. Saturday afternoons are really hard to catch. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, that still is quite a challenge. So yeah, the sales manager for the Bundesliga should do a lot better, I think. But anyway, we, we keep our fingers crossed for a great game. Keep up the great work with your, your podcast. Keep enjoying it. We really enjoy um, having you here. And uh, thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank you for having me, though. <laughs> Bye-bye. Tschüss. Cheers. Brilliant stuff from Rory. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. But Richard, one thing we haven't discussed yet is uh, who are the players to watch in the VfB Stuttgart squad? Introducing our next opponent, their bigger check. Um, today I've got two players to watch here. Um, one obvious one and one maybe not that obvious guy. So I'm starting with the uh, ladder. It's number 18, Jamie Leveling, 22 years old, uh, midfielder, often from the bench. And he had, in my opinion, an ascending form in recent games. Uh, right wing is his territory, so definitely keep an eye on him. And the other one I would like to mention is number 27, Chris Führig. Of course, not very surprising, 26 year old already and some kind of late starter. So last season, um, he was often on both sides of the pitch, the left side and the right side. But in this season, he plays only on the left wing. And to me, it seems that this fits so much better to his strengths, that really impressive performance in the yeah, first leg of the season. So not very surprising. Keep an eye on him, guys. Do remind me, has he been called up by Julian Nagelsmann already? I kind of thought he was. Uh, yeah, I think he was. So, Richard, who do you think should be sent on the pitch to uh, beat VfB Stuttgart? Because we need three points. Nothing else will do on Saturday. And this is going to be a very hard task. Um, you heard it already. And so, but goalie number one, still. Blaswig had some good scenes versus Leverkusen. I think it wasn't on him that we conceded three, three goals. So our defenders, Heinrichs, Lukeba, Klostermann and Raum, still not convinced of Shima Khan, as I said in our last show. I would have given him a break. And I think he wasn't a little bit off track versus Leverkusen as well. Mm -hmm. Our defensive midfielders, Schlager and Kampel. I didn't like Kampel's performance versus Leverkusen, but on the other hand side, I don't see Seiwald ready. Um, for, for the starting 11. Although Seiwald, I think Seiwald has really improved, hasn't he? And matured. Well, he wasn't on the pitch with Leverkusen, but I didn't recognize him, to be honest. What does that mean? You, do oh. you have Wiesbaden vibes? Or? No, no, Wiesbaden, <laughs> I recognized him because of poor performance. <laughs> but at this time, I thought, okay, um, we were playing like 10. So it, I, I have to look this up, but it seems like he <laughs> hasn't touched the ball once. Okay. So, offensive mm. midfield. 
Sharpie around. We talked mm -hmm. about that. Um, but Olmo, back again. Yes. And please, Elmas. I want to see him in the starting 11. And What makes you think uh, Marco Rose could do that? Because he's only been substituted. Oh, he's only been brought on the pitch like a couple of minutes before the end of the game. Well, last time it was, I think, six minutes before the end of the game. And you couldn't really see making much of an impact on yeah. that short space of time anyway. Yeah, maybe. But um, on the other hand side, you, we're running out of options. So True. Forsberg, away. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> Xavi, not there. So it's basically three options. Olmo, okay, this is a no-brainer. And then it's either Baumgartner or Elmas. And so we saw Baumgartner. We know um, what we can expect from him. And was mm -hmm. it does it know too. And so, yeah, come on. Show, show us, show the world, show the league that you are worth 25 million. Well, looking forward to that. I'm, I'm not sure if, if uh, Marcos will put him in, but uh, it would be great to see. I mean, and, either. And, and it would be great to see, or at least give him more time uh, on the pitch as well. Brilliant. Yeah. And our strikers, you know, I like our duo, Openda, Goldpenda, excuse me, and <laughs> Yusuf Paulsen. Um, I like this, this both together way more than Chesco and, and Openda. And, well, Chesco had his scenes in the first half, but then was completely uh, not there anymore, not recognizable anymore in the second half. So please, Marco, bring back Yusuf in the starting 11. Okay. So in terms of prediction, what is your scoreline? I tried hard, but this time I just cannot see a win for us here and I go with the one-all draw. I'm going with a two-all draw. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that we're going to snatch the three points but to be honest a draw is not good for any of us because then it's likely that gonna that Dortmund's gonna leapfrog us both of us but that's just for now because the season is still long so wow wonderful show thank you very much Richard I really appreciate that and uh, a big thanks goes out to Rory the village footballer and who's the uh, of course the host of the Bundesliga show and that comes to you from the UK they're quite busy over there but he's also supporter of VfB Stuttgart so to everyone else thank you very much for listening to us it would be great if you could leave uh, a positive review on your platform it would be wonderful if you subscribe to us and if you think we could improve the pod do let us know you can do this via Twitter you can find us at podcast underscore rbl or send us an email talk to us at rbleglobaltracks.com and uh let's keep our fingers crossed that this weekend we're more successful and we need the three points guys other than that you know take care have a great weekend we love to talk to you again next week auf geht's leipziger jungs